Welcome to Vintage Dialogue Radio. I'm your host, SM Gaines, and joining me today is my co-host, Ray Gaines. What up, what up? We got some special, special guests in the building. As you guys might have heard in previous episodes, we did talk about um, most of our family have served in, in a branch of the military, and they have agreed to come on today to share their experiences with us. We wanted to first start by saying thank you to all of you guys for coming on, and thank you for your service. We're going to cover as much as we can in a short time, and in this episode, so we would like to know more about your experiences and also touch on some challenges that you may have faced being black in the military. We have um, Uncle Ray, we have my mom, Margaret, we have Auntie Sue, we have Uncle Walter and Cousin Byron. So Uncle Ray, um, would you like to kick it off and tell us what branch you served in, where you served, and how long you were in the military? Okay, I was in the uh, Army. I served in Vietnam, Alaska, Fort Benning, Fort Gordon, Fort Benning twice for uh, paratrooper school, and that's about it. Thank you, Uncle Ray. Mom, where did you where did you serve? What branch did you serve in, and I, where did you serve, and how long? I, I was served in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and I forgot I, was, I had to leave my um, calculator to find out how long I stayed there. But the majority of my time was spent in the Navy. In the Navy, I did. Um, I did Pensacola, Florida, Great Lakes, Illinois, Road of Spain, uh, Norfolk, very south Wayland, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And I did Spade in Norfolk. Oh, and I did, I also did um, Groton, Connecticut. Thanks, and Mom. And my primary uh-huh. reason for going in there because I wanted to to uh, go find out the military secret. What, what was the military secret? <laughs> 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 What's the secret? <laughs> All right, Rob Gaines. <laughs> grandpa thing oh my god uh, the easy way to get out of not answering the question ah i see i see i see i sue you're next what can you tell us a little about your background and experience in the military my service was uh, um with the army reserve u.s army reserve and well my history, traveling history, is not as extensive as my siblings, but I enjoyed my tenure. And also, I was able to go to many places, the uh, states that I never would have thought of visiting. So I got that great opportunity. Like Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, California, uh, uh, Washington State. So I, in my lifetime, I never thought I would go to all of those. So I that's what I kind of get from my state in the military. I didn't know you you went to all those places, Aunt Sue. Well, stateside, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uncle Walter, would you give us a little background about your time in the military, where you served, what branch? Yeah, I was in the Army. I served uh, Fort Jackson, Fort Gordon, uh, let's see, um, Fort Huachuca, Arizona, Fort Carson, Colorado, two tours in uh, South Korea. Thank you. Uh, Cousin Byron, you... Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had to, had to wake me up here. Yeah, I was, I was, I was in the Army as well. Um, I didn't stay that long with the Army, like I guess, what? three and a half, almost four years. Um, did things, I guess, very places, TDY, but as far as stations, Fort Benning, a lot of different schools there. Spent some time in Korea, back at Fort Benning. And uh, actually, I discharged the Army from, uh, from Fort Benning in um, 1990. So I was only there from 1986, end of, until near the end of, 
1990. Oh, for some reason, I thought you were in way longer than that. No, no, no. I was, you're probably thinking because I was affiliated with the Army because of the four-year ROTC scholarship. Oh, yeah, that's right. From, so, that's from yeah, South Carolina it State. Like, it seemed like it was a lot longer than, it, than active duty. It was only that time. Well, Cousin Byron, when you left, you were, you left as an, did you join as an officer through the ROTC program? Yeah, well, you, you're a cadet. And then you go through the through the ROTC program and then commission and then um, serve on active duty or reserve or whichever group you, you decide to go with. All right. We got a question um, that came into the chat. What was everybody's rank when they left? Mom, you left as I know you left as an officer, but what was your was your rank? It was it was like an ET something, right? All right. My, uh, that's my, uh, what do you call, uh, not a ranking, but the ET thing was a right. career, career path. So I was an electronic technician. So did everyone leave did anyone leave as an officer i think that was the question that was in the chat i, did, I went in and left as a, well i went as a cadet and then left as an as, as an officer but like i said my time there was was limited and i was in the infantry I didn't mention that. I was infantry, airborne, aerosol, all that kind of stuff. So Thank you. So I have a, a question for mom and Aunt Sue. What advice can you, can you give to young women or men of color who are considering joining the military? Would you even recommend that they go with the current climate right now? What would your advice be? You learn hmm. how to shoot well. Just right. <laughs> oh my God, mom. <laughs> That's the truth. Well, I was, uh, I was when I first moved. I was terrified of guns, and but you know, after have been having to go out there, fire them, and qualify, it, it wasn't as a it it wasn't so bad. And um, it's not as well anyway. It would build. It would give you that strength you didn't think you had. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's what I can say about that. By joining the military. And mom, your advice is just learn how to shoot. Should they learn how to shoot before or after they go in? <laughs> well, it, it, right now it'll be a be a plus. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> right now, it'll, not not necessarily mean that you have to go out and do combat stuff in in yeah. the streets or anything. What I'm saying is like it's a plus if you know it. So Aunt Margaret. Did I hear that you served in three different branches? Yes. So what inspired you to do that? Uh, actually, it was mostly getting promoted, or, and I just wanted to see if I can do it. I did, and I did it because all of them are different. Everything is all the branches are different, so you know you get a taste of every how all the military operates, except for the Coast Guard. I didn't, and the, well, actually, Coast Guard and the Marines are kind of like under the Navy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I got a, I got a, a little sample in how that operates. Wow. Okay, Uncle Walter, I wanted to address this this question to you. Um, when you served in the military, did you experience any type of racism when you were there? And if so, could you give us like an example of something that that happened to you because of your race when you were serving? Well, I really can't say it's because of race or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was uh, not being able to train in the, in the field that I was I was uh, uh, that I was enlisted to. Uh, not, I was um, a telephone lineman, and I didn't mm -hmm. get any chance to to operate in in that field outside of basic training and that, well, excuse me, uh, AIT training. And my little time I spent overseas, so I didn't get a chance. You know, coming back to the states, I didn't get a chance to uh, to work in that field. So that was pretty frustrating. That's one of the reasons I decided to leave the military. Oh, wow. But why didn't you get that opportunity? Good question. I'd like to know that myself. Well, not being able to to work in my field, I decided, that's why I decided to leave the military. I was stationed in Fort Huachuca, Arizona. 
And uh, at that time, that unit did, uh, you know, like when there was a national disaster, the unit went in and restored communications. I didn't have an opportunity to work in, in that field and, and to get any experience. I scored pretty high in my Italian, but I didn't get a chance to work in that field. So that was frustrating. So after, um, after about a year of that, I asked my CO for, the, uh, for discharge. And I was granted discharge and I returned, came back home. Uncle Ray, did you want to, did you want to touch in? You served in Vietnam. How was it, how was that being a black man in a military in Vietnam? Did you feel, what I wanted to ask you is being there and having that experience, did you feel like this wasn't even our war to fight as people of color? What are, what are your thoughts on that? At the time that you're there, you don't even think of such thing. You just try to survive, get back home. So what I heard is that your mindset was just focusing on, you know, your mind was just on the war, just surviving, making it home safe, huh? Got it. Mom, we have a question for you. Which branch was your best experience out of the three that you served in? Which one did you like the best? I liked the Air Force better. Hmm. But the Navy, they were like, you think it doesn't exist, but racism does really exist in the military. You don't want to, I mean, not, not maybe not all parts of the military, but I know the Navy has had a big, huge problem. And all they did to fix it was send you to these um, classes they produce about racism, other people's issues. But they never, never addressed the issue. You know, it's not, it's not going to ever be solved. Plus, it's going to be always be there because you can all have, always have one person there or, or a group of people who try to, want to pretend, you know, they're like more superior to the other person. All they're looking for is themselves, out for themselves and glorification. That's all they're looking for. So mom, if but, you you, think- but you have to, but you have to fight, like you have to just like keep fighting. It's like, don't let it get to you. Just keep fighting. Do you think if, if you didn't experience that, that level of racism, do you think you would have served in the military longer? What was your final decision where you're like, you know what, this um, it's time for me to retire. What Saturday. pushed you to that point? <laughs> Last session, it was like a lot of racism. It was a lot of the civilians there. And if you were black, you weren't supposed to be there. Like you got, you know, like you don't belong there. Cause it was, it was, it was Groton, Connecticut. Oh, wow. And you wouldn't expect it to be like that, but you have like civilians. They were most, they were predominantly, uh, most of them, they were white. And they so, were going to treat you like garbage. That's what I, I was like, nope, tough me to get going. So I got, I left. I left. Oh. Time, I could have stayed longer, but it was tough me to go. Oh, wow. And what was the total amount of time did you, you said it was like over, was it, you did like 20, right? Cause you retired. Yeah, I did more than 20. I did like, yeah, I retired out. Combined service, I think it was total like, uh, like 25, I think. 25 years. Wow. So, you know, my question is to uh, my dad. Um, I met a lot of people who they may have served in the Gulf War and, you know, they have some mental health challenges, maybe financial yeah. challenge, you know, and they say that there are no resources for people who are in the armed service, right? So can you talk, are there resources for people who come back from the war army? Yes, there's some resources that they developed recently yes, for uh, PTSD and, and uh, things like that. And they will give you a chance to participate in those type uh, classes okay so is there any job placement no no mm. job so you mean to tell me you spent all that time in the armed forces you even go to war but there's no job placement mm-hmm. no well, it's no, a little no, bit no, different no. now it's a little bit different now if they know you're gonna separate from the army there are transition classes back into yeah. the civilian sector um there are things on classes that 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 they do have so uh yeah so that that stuff is is it's available. It's around. Aunt Sue and mom, what was it like being a mom in the military? 
What were the yeah. challenges and what did you love about it? I was lucky. Uh, each time I had to go to a uh, uh, summer camp, it was only about two weeks out of the year. And my good and faithful mom kept my kids for that two-week period. So that worked out fine. You know, you create a network of family and friends that are able to step in and you can rely on to help you out. And I found that most of the time, family and friends are supported. So you can, so you got to have that little group that, you know, to have your back. So it, it wasn't really hard for me because I was, you know, I didn't go for ex- long extended periods of time. Yeah, but I think it's a little bit, I, well, I have, haven't have served in the military, but I think it's a little bit different now. Don't they have, like, isn't there more child care available, like, they on the bases do, now? Do, do, they do, but as, as a reservist, we did not have that because, you know, each uh, reserve center is probably like a town or something. They, they, you know, most of the time, the, uh, what's called the civilian population support to your soldiers. But right. you, don't, you just can't, they just don't have a, uh, anything available for parents going off for a weekend or uh, two weeks or whatever so you got to have that network create created so you gotta have a Not solid created, stand back yeah cousin byron i have a question for you um so you were an officer in the army my question is did you ever feel like your white subordinates seemed uncomfortable taking orders from you what was that like um no i, I, I never really felt that way as far as those that reported my direct reports. <laughs> you, no matter whoever you're gonna be around, you're always gonna experience, or, or, or at least I did, feel like you know that that people felt like you had to, you know, that they don't. If, if they're racist, they're racist. There's nothing that you can you can you can do about that. I mean, but right. My field was the infantry, um, so those are the guys that um, you know. If we were in the field, and most times that's what it was, or doing some basic training kind of thing um i really those guys are, are not there i mean that never came into play as far as doing your job now otherwise um that being politically and things like that yeah mm-hmm. I, I would say that you know depending upon where they were from and where they grew up and they'd be a little reluctant or hesitant even but you know mm-hmm. to, to or willing to accept but i mean but you're in the army it's not gonna be i mean you can't openly refuse you know, if I tell you to do something, I mean, it's you do it because I said so kind of thing. If it's right. Open. Well, Baron, do you feel like sometimes they respect the, the rank and so they are more, no, no, more they're not inclined to uh, well, call it, come, uh, challenge you? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you know, like I said, it depends on when you, the, the, when I was in the Army um, and, and definitely when Uncle Ray was in the Army, it's a lot different Army than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just the, 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 times are different. So it's almost like, it's just, it's expected. It's kind of like, you just deal with it anyway, just being black, you're going to make it through whatever you got to make it through anyway. So you just find a way, um, to, um, you know, to keep going and, and, and be positive about whatever it is that you, that you're doing. But we didn't have the, we didn't have the payback test. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 so, Byron, what you're saying is different now. You know, you may have like a, a 18 year old may not have an option to go to college. You know, would you recommend a black woman or a black man to join the armed forces? Well, I, w- I would I would say take advantage of whatever opportunities that present themselves to you, whatever's best for you. I won't just say, yeah, the go to ha- needs to be going to the service. I would I, mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't recommend my kids to go to the service as a prime example, but. Can you, can you say more about that? Well, uh, a lot of it has been from who 
from whomever I see that's in charge, especially when we have people. Well, it, it's like who's who's president even, and, and you know that's always going to change. You're not going to really be in control of that. But the, what confidence do you have that um, that they would even be considered their life even um, in certain circumstances? Um, yeah. When you when I see there's a question here about when they decide to go to war. I don't think personally that any anybody is their personal life is going to be considered. It. So you just need to keep that in perspective and know, you know what you know what you're doing, what you're committing to. Yeah. Um, and 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 I would say if you're in there, then yeah, you know what you signed up for. I don't think you have to say like I'm going to die, and I'm and I'm willing to die because I'm because I'm in the service. Yeah, I'm going to protect the country, but I'm going to try to get the other guy to die for his country rather than me. <laughs> you know, I, right. I don't want to die for my country. Yeah, yeah, because I can remember uh, there was a time that I was thinking about going to the Army, and I, I think I had a conversation with you, and I'll never forget you said, you know what, if you join, don't don't join to say, hey, I'm just doing it for my country. I, I remember that. Well, that's to me it is. I mean, everybody has their own opinion about that. So that brings me back to Uncle Ray. So when you went into the war, when you served in Vietnam, was that by choice? Did you volunteer or were you drafted? I uh, volunteered to go into the uh, military, mm-hmm. but you have no other choice but to go to Vietnam because they, when your number is up, it's time for you to go. You know, it's, that's the way it was. So how do they decide who, I think it's called the front line. How do they decide who goes to the front line? Who stays <laughs> home and, and who stays in the back and they handle the communication? Who's flying a helicopter? Like, how do they decide who goes, who does what? Do they train you specifically when you join? Do you have a choice? You say, I want to do this. I'd rather serve <laughs> in this part. How does that work exactly? What they do, they look at your scores and they determine what uh, field you uh, best qualified to serve. And once you and once you get to uh, your unit, which is I was in the infantry, and that's was my thing. My whole job was to search, destroy, and kill. You know, I heard. You know, I talked to uh, an individual. I'm not going to say their name, but you know, he told me that he spe- he uh, chose a particular field. You know, so he wouldn't have to go to Vietnam War. Is that possible? Well, <laughs> not at the time. You, you didn't have too much of a choice. Everybody had to rotate in and out. If you had the time left in the military, usually what's happening, if, if you were uh, drafted, you only had two years. So your main purpose really was to go to Vietnam. Wow. Wow. So how does that affect everything? I see that there's a, a, a question in it in a chat, and it doesn't have to be specifically towards you, Uncle Ray, but serving in the military, do any of you... Or have any of you ever experienced any type of PTSD? Yeah. You did, Mom? How How was that? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> I didn't know that. When you wake up in the, when you wake up in the morning and still think you got to go to work, that's PTSD. Okay, wait. Wait, no, I have that now. <laughs> well, I have the P- PTSD mm-hmm. thing because I'm uh, disabled because of PTSD. And there's a pension that I draw for that. So benefits, military benefits. Can you share what that experience is like dealing with that? Well, it's kind of hard to explain, but unless you actually been there, 
did that, you know, and you really don't want to re- uh, reenact that or re- uh, reminisce about it. You just want to leave it alone. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. So you were asking earlier about how, who, who, how do you decide who gets to the drive the truck, fly the plane, go to yeah. the front line. That's what I want to know. <laughs> and, and all of that. Well, a lot of that is um, you do this, like in the modern army, military now you do have a first first choice as far as your preference go and they'll consider that if you want to go fight you can go fight you can be right as close to the front as you want to be if you say that's what you want to do um otherwise they do um place you based on whatever they understand your skills to be i mean if you obviously if you're going to fly the plane you need to have those skills that are able to fly the plane Right, and like, right. and however, but that's all a combination of what you choose to do and what they have available. So they do have branches of the service, any particular branch. Army has a, 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 a logistics branch. Um, they have a, a, a fighting branch. They have an admin portion that everybody plays a role. Is that and and it's all for the combined force and, and that and that's how it works there's no like you just go in and then you don't know what you're going to wind up doing you have a good idea you know what you want to do you know what that unit if you're in even uh going to uh, uh a reserve unit you know typically mm-hmm. what that unit what type unit it is it wasn't like that when i went in oh yeah yeah oh. so yeah like i said it was it's a lot different um now as opposed to those years ago and uh, as far as the ratings and things like that they have uh you can get ptsd there are a lot of different things they do for that you can get a disability rating and disability ratings are considered when you look maybe even for government jobs and you need to have at least a certain amount uh, a certain percentage of disability before you're eligible for certain things or considered for certain things. And, you know, that's just all part of the program. You, they, you have to know about those things to, yeah. to, to be able to take advantage of them. And, and, and that that's more key than anything else. You got to know about those things because I didn't find out about a lot of those things until I was out of the army for, you know, 20 years. Oh, yeah. Man. I have a, 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 some, I know someone who's in a, a similar situation. They've been out, of the I think the Air Force for like 25 years and they're just now getting disability that they didn't even know that they were eligible for so luckily they got in contact with someone who was able to help them it they didn't get it on the first try it they were rejected like the first two times so anyone who's listening who's going through that just keep going they got to give it to you eventually um I, I'm going through something like that now I was injured in uh AIT like I said I was a telephone lineman and one of the uh, things you had to do in training was to be able to climb uh, a telephone pole. And on the way down this pole, I gaffed, gaffed myself. Uh, those are the little steel things that you attach to your feet to climb with. And I was at, oh. coming down that pole, I gaffed myself in the, in the, in the foot. And I, you know, went to uh, went to the, the, you know, to be seen after medically. Mm-hmm. And today, that's not on my record anywhere. And what they tell me is uh, it has to be uh, service connectability in order to receive any kind of disability. So that's what I'm, I'm experiencing now. And I've been filing for the past three, four years and uh, nothing's happened. But isn't that could... service related though? Because you're technically on the job in the military. I don't understand why they would tell you that you're not qual- you're not eligible for that. 
Because there's no record. He just said he couldn't find the medical record. See now on the on the VA, I can't find the record. Now, now what's oh. uh, what you have now is the I think blue records where you can go online and look at your records and just about uh, what well, a lot of the stuff is there, and that particular thing is not there. Oh, I see. I have no uh, legal representation to go in and look at this stuff. Uh, so I, you know, basically, uh, I just keep filing over and over and over, and uh, nothing's happened there. Those are some of the things that I, I experienced as a veteran and uh, going through this kind of thing. Oh, wow. And uh, to no avail. Cousin Byron, do you have any su- suggestions? I feel f- funny calling you Cousin Byron on a podcast, but Byron, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any suggestions for Uncle Walter about how he can have someone look into this, even though he, he doesn't have documentation? It has to be documentation somewhere. It doesn't just disappear. Well, if, if, if they can't find it, they, they they can't find it. Then, yeah, there's documentation somewhere, but if it's not there, then they... Yeah, you could find it, but you can't now. But how do you go about trying to find it? So I, I don't know right. if that's what you need to, yeah. to what try I'm to take is- into it. So, I mean, I would just say, have you talked to a VA? Uh, I mean, they have guys that just, that's all they do is they're, they help you get through your, your to process your claims. So they right. have people you can talk to directly and you need to, uh, you know, you know, have have that conversation with them if you haven't already. Um, um, you know, it, 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 and if they're going to be the one pursuing it and doing things for you, then you're going to need to do like power of attorney and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But they'll talk you through what you need to do. Right. So, Uncle Walter, when we when we go offline, I can I will um, see if what if I can find out any ma- information for you to help you with that. I'll try. Contact your member of Congress. They can open a case. Yeah. It's not, it's not, what's that guy, Lindsey Graham, is it? That's from Georgia. Oh, you're in Georgia. Okay. Hopefully it'll be Stacey Abrams in the future. Well, no. But she's not running for Congress. She's running for governor, though. So, yeah, Warnock and the other guy. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Warnock and, um, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Are you in this green? You might be in the same district green is in. Contact her. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, so, it's a wrap then. So, you know, <laughs> so Grandpa was in the Army. That Is that correct? That's yep. correct. Yeah. Um, has he shared any of his experience with any of you guys? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Military secret. What? Anybody want to share any? Can that anybody... locker. What was that locker he always talked about? David Jones. <laughs> Davy no Jones. Isn't locker, that from the yeah. Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean? I don't know. Rob Gates has the, had, had that locker. I was trying to figure out what in the heck the locker was. The only thing he, ta- he talked secret. about was uh, he was talking about when he was in Africa and he used to say, come and see, come and saw Senorita Vinagua. That's all I remember from his army day. Is <laughs> what he, he used to he tell us. He talked about the beautiful women there. Oh, he talked about the air, the uh, airfield he bought. He, he helped build. Right. And yeah, maintain. Italy. Build and maintain. So yeah. is grandpa the reason why all of you decided to join the military? Heck no. <laughs> no. That, was, that was one of my reasons. Because uh, my, my father was in the military. My brother was in the military. So, you know, that's why one of the reasons why I joined, you know, be a part of the family because everybody was in the military. So. so, Uncle Walter, looking back on everything, that everything you've been through with the military, what advice would you give your younger self? Would you be like, look, Walter, do not join the military? Or would you be like, okay, go, but you got to have this mindset? Like, what advice would you tell yourself if you could? Well, if you were going to go in the military, um, you know, make, be aware of what the military is. And if you're going to go for 
uh, trading or learn a trade and, you know, look at that and, you know, decide if that's what you want to do, that trade and, and go, go to use the military. If that's your only option for um, financing and education. That's probably one of the best ways to go for, you know, the poor uh, uh, income people to, to deal with. What about you, mom? What would you tell your younger self if you had to do it all over again? And you, if you could go, if you, if you had a time machine and you could go back, what would you tell yourself about joining the military? Well, actually, I would have finished college before I went in the military. Right. You know, it's, it's, even though you have a college degree and you go in the military, most of the time you don't get really what you want. It's like, they'd like to sell you something else. And then they'll tell you, you can do this, but then we'll promote you. But you, nope, but you, it doesn't work you like think that most time. Most time. Do you think that's part of the, that's the recruiting strategy? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so when I heard you would have chosen education first. Yep. Got it. And that's why I was saying before, you got to use the army or whatever the branch of service. You understand it before you decide whatever you're going to do, what your commitment is, what you want to get out of it. Know that and just know how they're how they're looking at you. You're you are a useful tool. You are a number. It's a numbers game. Um, and they play the percentages. So I have a, a general question, and this could probably go for any type of topic that we can talk about, whether it be prisons or the army or or Wall Street or whatever, as far as your opinion, do you think that Hollywood portrays the military and the war accurately? Or do you think it's all glamorized? Who wants to take that one? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Is Hollywood giving us a, a, a accurate portrayal of war and the military? Well, it no. depends what you're looking for. Because if you're looking for a documentary, then go watch a documentary. If you want to see something that's fun to watch, then go watch a movie. They're doing it to sell it. Um, right. That's, that's right. the purpose. So the the intention, I don't think, is for informational purposes. Yeah, you can get that out of it, but they want to they want to see how many people gonna buy it. So I don't think it's there. I don't I don't think they're trying to portray an accurate um, uh, account, account of, of what happened as much as they are just trying to sell it. Because even if it's something that seems like it's some something that you're familiar with, there are parts in there you're like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that that happened. And it probably didn't. They just made that up because it's going to help right. keep the movie going. I have a question. Uh-huh. I, I'm just wondering, do you, when I was in the military, even though it was in the uh, was Army Reserve and I enjoyed my tour, but I think it kind of made me stronger, built my character a little better, made me, uh, it, it dug into the strengths that I didn't know I had. And I'm just thinking, did, my, did anybody else experience this? Yeah, because it makes you, it makes you say like, I am, I am here and I'm going to do what I know I need to do and I'm not going to take your S. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Hollywood, the movie Platoon, if anybody ever watched that, that's pretty close to what I experienced in Vietnam. Oh wow! I've never seen that. I gotta, I gotta just watch that. But one thing That's you one of my favorites about, there. <laughs> one thing I think is the the military stress is teamwork. Cause nobody can go out there and take a blow up a hill or capture anybody by themselves. And I think when you have all those skills come together and you know your part, not that I like that part of the military. Unless you own the military. Unless you what? <laughs> You own it. <laughs> you own it. Well, yeah. you know, um, this is what I experienced. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I saw in my military experience was uh, 
you know, being, I was born in 56. So, so coming up in the South in 56, you experience a lot of racism all over the place. But having the opportunity to travel overseas, uh, what I saw was how Blacks were respected in other countries, opposed to here in America. Oh, wow. That's one of the things that I experienced. It gave me a lot of uh, energy to drive, you know, continue forward. Uh, in you know pursuit of my career and that's funny that you say that uncle walter because it's it's weird how i have a, a friends that are international and everybody wants to come to america everyone is like oh this is the dream and it's all wonderful and i'm like really really bro really so it's funny that you bring that up that we get more respect overseas than we do at home so that was a very good point maybe maybe we can you know touch on you know what would they tell their young because I don't think we went around and talked about that with everybody. About what, Ray? What would they tell their younger self about if they had to do it all over again? Yeah, they would just answer that. I think I think uh Uncle wait, Uncle Walter answered, mom answered. Um if anyone else wants to chime in on that, what would you tell your younger self about joining about joining the military if you had the opportunity? Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that, Uncle Ray? Did you say don't go or go? Don't, don't go. Don't go. <laughs> well, when you go to the military, you, you, you're actually saying, I'll die. You, you have no other choice because you know your possible, your chances are 50-50. Well, when, when I, I observed, even when I went through, I had to work with some cadets. Um, and it looks like even those, you, you, it's, it's remarkable how much strength you can see in people. That's what impressed me more about the military. So I, I, I don't know. It's just up. You said it's up to your decision, but I think it was a good way of even just if you don't go to war, it's a good way of trying to build your uh, just know what. Oh, it, it's just a good thing. I well, I don't know. I just leave it at that. So your experience is, you know, you got skills and, and you know, educated and really benefited you afterwards. Huh? Yeah, I know, I know it's at the war thing, fighting and the uh, prejudice stuff. Yeah. But one, one thing I see when you you see those young folks, the young recruits come through, they're full of whatever, and, and they gain so much strength when you come out. You see them, you go into a shop where these people are working. They're in command. They know what they do. They're professionals, and that's and that's to be admired. Because but the down part of it is when you get out here back out to the civilian world, it's like most you're less uh uh dis uh discounted. You don't you don't get that called right. prestige and. And like you can know you can do your job. That's what I see in those soldiers. They they can do their job, but when they get out to in real work, it's like a discounted. Well, yeah. I have to mm-hmm. let me look. Can I just add to this one? Um, being that you know, being in the military, then you come back out and you're in the civilian world. What I find out these days, the younger people. I mean, the younger people do not have that same mindset as most of the older people these days. If you go to places like you see these young people working and they, they're just like they respect they have the, you know they have respect for other people customers or you know other people they work with most of them most of them I, I've seen I've been around lately and, and it surprised me how how could these younger people have so much you know so much to give and these older people have so much envy and dream and all that hate among, within themselves that's what I found out lately it's like it, I mean it's not it's like the younger people are moving themselves away from that hate. Mm-hmm. Got to remember, uh, Trump put his fingers on that, and he's uh, taking over the whole world with his attitude and people and all his followers. 
they uh, it's it's a whole different world out there now. And he never served in the military. He never served. He got like how many deferrals or whatever, like five or six. I don't even know. I lost count. <laughs> oh, what, else, what else we hear is, you know, just like when, when I got out of the military, even though I was a, a telephone lineman and had being trained, there was no opportunity, you know, to be in uh, having uh, an opportunity to work with uh, at that time was Bell South and AT&T or the power industry. I didn't get a chance to work in the power industry till what, about 10 years ago. And that was the manufacturing wow. the generators and that kind of thing. So it was nothing like what I was trained for in the military. Didn't have that opportunity. I think one of the first jobs I had was, uh, I think it was Abney Mills, the textile industry. That, mm. that was what was going on. Like then. It was like three thirty-five an hour at that, that point. You know, that was wow. good money at that time. So, mm. you know, having the, uh, having gained the skill in the military and coming out huh. during that time, there was just no opportunity. And I don't know if that was because of racism or because that was just what was available. Where were, where were you living? In Belton. Uh, when I went into military, I went into Belton. I went into National Army National Guard, the signal okay. unit there, 116 and you signal. Asked yourself, and you asked yourself if that was racism? Am I <laughs> Underscore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, today is pretty much the same thing. I, to what I see here, where I live today, things are almost reverting back to the 60s. I experienced, uh, I was telling Ray about this earlier today. It was, um, you know, you go in a store to be served and the, the person behind the counter will walk away, you know. Oh, really? That kind of thing. And, you know, even in the program, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, this is happening to you right now in 2021? That's right, baby. That's right. Guaranteed. It's a fact. And that this wow. was in a, what was that, a, a CVS or Walgreens? I think it was a CVS store. And uh, sometimes it may, and this is, uh, I'm in Rankin, Georgia. This is, one of the, this is one of the last strongholds of the KKK is what they tell me when I got here. I don't know anything about it because I don't know anything about it. Well, what possessed you to move there if it if it's like that? I wouldn't move there. Uh, well, I was working with. Uh, I had an opportunity to come down here and work with uh, Mitsubishi Power Industry. Mm -hmm. So that was that was that's what I I you know I've been in manufacturing for over twenty years. So this was an opportunity to come here and work in the power industry. Something else I mm -hmm. hadn't, hadn't had a chance to do. So we're making steam and gas turbines. So and this is an opportunity you know an opportunity for investment. So that's what I came here for. Now, what it was, I know I've been in the South most of my life, and I know what, no, all of my life. Let's take that back. But um, I knew it was a lot of racism was here. But, you know, I can't judge my life on other people's hate. So, I, you know, I came here for an investment. So that's what, I, that's what got me here. And, uh, but this is the, some of the things that I've experienced since I've been here. And like I said, it's, it's like going slowly reverting back to the 60s. Mm. Wow. What we got here, we still got Confederate flags flying. There's, there's no secret. Yeah. So we know I mean, I, I think that's in every state because I know yeah. people, they do that in New York too. Like upstate, they have the flags. I mean, they, people, I, I just think that, and not to get too like overly political, but I think the last, everyone knows that the last administration, they just put like the, put gas on it and lit a match and was like, go for it. So... Got that right. <laughs> Ray, do you have anything else to ask? No, I'll just say thank you for coming on. I think it was a great conversation. Yes, we appreciate you guys for coming on. Glad to see you.
If this is your first time joining, welcome to Vintage Dialogue Radio, and thank you for listening. And if you like what you've been hearing, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so that you never miss a thing. What topics do you want to talk about in the future? I'm sure you have plenty of questions for my guests. So don't forget to drop a comment, ask a question, and leave a review. You never know. I could actually call upon you to be a special guest on my show. All of the information about this episode is in the description box, along with the email and links to my blog, website, and more. Thanks again for joining. Until next time.